This is the Physical Activity Researcher Podcast, a podcast for researchers of sedentary behavior, physical activity, and sports. Join for a relaxed dialogue about research design, practicalities, and, well, anything related to research. Learn from your fellow researchers useful and relevant information that does not fit into formal content and limited space of scientific publications. And here is your host. Welcome, everyone. This is the Meaningful Sport Podcast, and I am your host, Nora Ronkainen. Meaningful Sport is a series of discussions on the why and how involvement in sport and physical activity can be an important part of a life worth living. If you are interested in the theme, you might also want to check out MeaningfulSport.com. There you can find podcast show notes, read a blog, and access many resources for further explorations of Meaningful Sport. Welcome back to the second part of our conversation with Lee Sullivan on exploring whether PE is in crisis and what would be a more uh, constructive and a more meaningful future for physical education. To quickly introduce my guest before we continue our conversation, Lee is based in the UK and he works as a head of PE at Upton Court Grammar School. He's the author of Physical Education in Crisis, leading a much-needed change in physical education. And so this has formed a starting point for our conversation so far. So welcome back to the podcast, Lee, and let's just uh, crack on from where we left. So we discussed the challenges, problems with sport-based approach, health-based approach. So what is the more constructive vision that you have been developing and you've worked on, especially in in your book on uh, physical education in crisis. Yeah. So one of the there's a few aspects in the book that I look into. So actually, I look I look at pedagogy, I look at assessment, and I look at curriculum. I think today we'll probably focus more on curriculum, but I do talk about this idea of looking at a holistic and progressive assessment model. I look at this idea of a physical literacy informed approach to delivery, pedagogy, and I that, that's kind of areas that I explore um, in, in a lot of detail in the book. And I, I talk quite explicitly that if if one of those areas to really provide meaningful PE and to really provide a positive experience, all of those three areas need to be aligned. So, for example, if your curriculum is um, is world-class and, and fantastic, that's brilliant. But if your assessment model is still providing the messages that students leave thinking that they're not very good or gives them a negative self-identity towards PE or physical activity, then it doesn't matter how good your curriculum is. If you've got a, a, a fantastic holistic assessment that really, you know, students take ownership of and, and um, in, informs future teaching, etc., and your curriculum is world-class, but you've got a teacher that maybe is still focused on those performance elements or is only giving those students that are the most able that the time of day then it doesn't matter we've got to have all three of those areas really properly aligned um to to deliver i think a real positive experience also so that you know feel free to go and read the book but i think if we just focus on curriculum for today i think the way i'd like to introduce it is if we consider so I'm not going to talk about kind of social justice or safety. They're underpinning elements that I think should be throughout every P lesson, you know, safety. Everybody should feel safe and included, et cetera. But if we look at what is what makes a really good P delivery, I, so in terms of an, a real simplistic view of, of A, B, and C, 
A, we want students active. First and foremost, we want them active for sustained periods of time within our lesson, uh, within extracurricular, etc. cetera. We, we need to get them active. And then B, we want to build positive connections with PE and with physical activity. And then C, we want to develop competence and confidence. You know, we want them to be to develop movement competence and, and that's really important. That's our that's our bread and butter. That's really our sole responsibility. However, I think we can add a D to our A, B and C, which is to develop character. Now that D can't replace A, B or C. So that D for develop character, if I'm talking about good communication and it's taking away from physical activity time, well, that's that's not right. That's We've lost our real aim as a PE teacher. So if I'm, for example, focusing purely on a concept such as persistence or communication or whatever it is, and the I, I've lost the competence element, students aren't progressing, they're not becoming more confident movers, then then it's not right. We have A, B, and C has to be there, but I believe that a D of developed character can enhance and provide an inclusive hook for students, more personally relevant learning. But let me just—it just helps me sleep at night if I can say that it doesn't replace the A, B, or C. Get the A, B, and C right, and then if if and then you know we can add this idea of developing character. I think I'm gonna—I'll answer some, I guess critics if you like or, or some maybe some criticism that I've had around around this kind of life skills approach because when when I first set out this life skills approach I, I took it too far and I was kind of um, rightly brought back a little bit through through conversations and and I knew what I was trying to do I was trying to really give this inclusive approach but what I think is really important to understand is that the purpose of the concept curriculum or conceptual learning, is not to create more resilient students, is not to create better communicators, is not to create better leaders. It is to build a positive relationship with physical activity and PE. It is to get kids active. It is to build competence. And so so what I'm trying to say is, I don't, just because I'm teaching resilience doesn't mean the student is therefore resilient. So the idea of, of transfer this the, 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 this life school transfer one we don't know that it doesn't but we don't know that it does it's incredibly hard to to know if it does but i would like to think that by a student by the lesson objective re um repackaging well, the lesson objectives so let's consider oh, for old money the the p lesson would usually have been um students will be able to demonstrate a particular skill in a condition game or something and there'll be students that can do that. There'll be students that could probably do that before the lesson. There might be a couple of students that because of the lesson can now do that. There'll also be a number of students that don't get to do it. So firstly, the lesson's failed because all students can't do what you've set out to do. And secondly, those students leave thinking that I can't do that. I'm not very good at that. So their confidence then is low. And I, I saw that a lot. I saw a lot of kids coming, and it might be my teaching, to be honest, but, uh, you know, speaking to other teachers, I, I've got the same messaging that they they were seeing the same, that there was a lot of students that still couldn't come in. And a lot of the skills and techniques that we deliver in PE are complex. They take loads of time to practice. You're not going to get them in one hour. And then to get, then put them in a conditioned game is really hard, even if you're able to do it in isolation. So you need time. 
you need time to practice and to revisit and to consolidate, of which we don't really have a lot of in physical education. So this idea that we can then slightly reframe to say, okay, well, we can still have an objective that is focused on what you can show me and what, you, what you'll know. So we have our no show and grow and no will be around the cognitive domain. What, what do I want you to be able to understand and articulate and, and knowledge basically? What do I want to show the physical domain? Now they existed previously, they're not new and the students that were um, engaged in PE already will continue to remain engaged and challenged through those learning objectives. What we're now adding is this idea of a third learning objective, a conceptual learning objective, one that is um, more conditional knowledge or more more through the effective domain or more um, attempting to develop character. And I use that word attempting deliberately. We're attempting to develop character. We're attempting to give them the tools to... And this is why I think PE is, is best placed. So it's called heat experiences and this idea that you can i think pe is the best place to have a heat experience with a number of these concepts through sport you will for example if we're looking at resilience and i know i keep bringing up resilience there are other concepts i promise you but um, but when we look at resilience students will fail in pe in fact they will fail often in pe you know they're not when they get a basketball they could shoot 50 times and probably miss uh, 40 of those times that's you know so they aren't succeeding every time so what we're trying to do is add an, an inclusive hook that is going to entice it's an, a more enticing offer to those that previously might have been lost to that sport specific offer we are still getting the kids active we are still building um uh, positive relationships we think we're doing that better now and we're still developing competency but now with this included hook of well let's look at communication, let's look at leadership, let's look at all of these things through through physical activity. The, the physical activity now is not the final destination, but is now the vehicle for which some really meaningful learning can take place. Every child is going to need good communication in their future. Every child is going to need to understand what an effective team is. We also, for year seven, we look at what is competence. How is the, why is that important to PE? How can we develop it? What is practice? Where can you practice? When can you practice? How should I practice? How is that going to make you better in PE? And then we try and leave with this idea of how else might the concept that you've learned today be applied elsewhere? Will it be applied elsewhere? Maybe not. We hope it will be. But if we're looking at competence, well, how can you use this idea of competence to give you more confidence elsewhere? Um, how can you develop competence elsewhere? Where, where else, not just in this activity that we've done today, where else in PE can you use it? So lot, we're trying, we're attempting lots of transfer. We're attempting to have this inclusive hook that every single student is going to need. But yeah, but you know, so to answer this idea about transfer, people are right. Whether they do it, I'm not sure, but I'd like to, I, I, I'm positive, you know, glass half full. I really hope that when they're faced in a situation where they need to apply some of these, that maybe they will remember some of these P lessons. But either way, the main purpose of this curriculum is to build those better experiences, to provide that enticing offer, if you like. If In, a, in an ideal world, we don't need the concept curriculum. In an ideal world, we don't need it. We can stick with the skill drill or we can stick with just focusing purely on 
the sport or the sport specific technique or just building the competency. But this is not an ideal world. And we see that a lot of students aren't engaged with PE. We see that the dropout rates post PE massively, you know, are, are huge. We see that students are not just engaging in physical activity, you know, the traditional sports that we have. We know that informal sports are hugely on the rise. So what are we doing to reflect that? And we, so we believe that through the, the work of what Tim Fletcher's done and Stephanie Benny's done and um, Scott Kretschmar, et cetera, looking at this idea of personally relevant learning, we found that through our own student voice and, of course, the research that they've done, students found meaning when they could see how the learning they were getting in PE might help them elsewhere. I use the word might help them elsewhere. So so we're providing that, we believe, that personally relevant learning that also will inform better, uh, a stronger self-identity towards physical activity. If a student leaves a lesson thinking, right, I, I can't do that skill, I'm not very good at it, that's, that's a negative experience. But if they leave thinking, well, actually, you know, I just focused on my the idea of practice, or I just focused on the idea of motivation today. What what is intrinsic motivation? What intrinsically motivates me? Um, and then we're 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 still doing the other stuff, but the student is focused on that that concept, and therefore will we believe have a better experience? You know, the, the research says if if students continually feel like failures if they experience failure they find less meaning in it so we're trying to get them to feel less failure and to see more personal relevance in the learning yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i was going to mention the life skills and the critique of it you already tackled it extensively and and yeah we had the conversation with greg dreyer and you know greg and you i'm sure you had conversations around it so Right. Well, so, so Greg, I've got a, a huge, deep respect for Greg. He's been a real critical friend to me and has provided so much, uh, so many, you know, challenging reflections. And I, and I sat down with him uh, for, a, I've sat down with him a couple of times, but most recently and I took him through the concept curriculum. And one thing that we, we knew straight away is our, our vision, that our approaches might be slightly different, but the main aim for both of us is exactly the same. We're flying the same flag. And, you know, I, I thank him immensely for, for his criticism uh, and for his for his support as well, because he's been he's been fantastic with it. But another another thing that was brought up just while we're, I guess, on the topic of it is this idea that um, so we, we, we spoke about this idea of transfer. But I'll, I've also had this idea that may, maybe the physical element is lost and it's not. It genuinely isn't. So the framework that we provide in the concept curriculum is focused so that activity is the main part, is everything of the lesson. So that's really, really important. If the physical activity is lost in your conceptual learning lesson, you're doing it wrong. And and if I felt at any point, I would rather burn the concept curriculum to the ground if I felt that people were, were delivering the conceptual learning in place of the physical activity. It is not lost if if the framework is kind of followed to, to how we've suggested it um, and and is still really is the most important thing. But we, we, yeah, we've had to make it more explicit. We've had to, to make that framework more explicit to show that it is front and centre. And we have done that. We've, we've 
really listened to people like Greg and to people that have implemented the concept curriculum and, and no curriculum is ever finished. No, it continually evolves. The students' needs will always be different. What the concept curriculum looks like in my school may look very different to your school um, and so on. That's great. That that's brilliant. You know, evolving, constantly evolving, constantly reflecting is is absolutely needed when embedding embedding that. And and I think definitely as well with the new concept curriculum, we bought. I wouldn't even use life skills probably as as I would. They're much more PE specific, much much more to use a term that Greg would um, would use is is much more in our lane. Are we still? Um, you know, completely in the same lane. I'm, I'm, I think we're still, you know, a lane apart, but we're definitely more in our lane than we were. We are uh, definitely focused on, if it's not important in PE, we, it's not in the concept curriculum. It first and foremost must be important in PE and must be able to be delivered practically and through physical activity. And if it's not, it shouldn't be delivered. And now I'll jump back to where we started from at the this second part of the conversation when you started discussing the building blocks of your approach. And one important concept is physical literacy. And so it's something that has been discussed and, and worked on quite a lot in the past years, but not everybody knows what it is. So maybe yeah. just a bit of background to what physical literacy is and what does it look like in physical education? Yeah, so that's a, that's a, a really great question. And I think physical literacy so the concept curriculum is is definitely you know physical literacy is, is is central to the to the thinking and the creation behind the concept curriculum so i i guess that there's a number of different definitions the one i i um refer to the most is the one from the international physical literacy association um and i'm not quoting here so uh apologies but it is roughly around um the uh movement competence developing movement competence confidence and the knowledge and understanding and the motivation to value um and to uh get involved in physical acti activity for life so we can nurture it we can't achieve it we can constantly nurture it and what we believe that we're doing through this approach and not just this approach there's we also offer something called a personality pathway and through our holistic assessment and um through the way in which we're delivering it what we believe a more inclusive delivery you know we're we're trying to reward attitude and progress over performance and ability we believe that we're better nurturing physical literacy by this kind of repackaging of PE for every single child and we're, we're providing this kind of enticing offer that those that maybe are put off we know that we know that we've spoken about it just a second ago that PE and competition is polarizing for so many people and what we're trying to do is for those people that are kind of turned off We're trying to get them back in and we're trying to, once we've got them, we're still, you know, still trying to develop that competence and, and everything that the phys nurturing physical literacy is uh, so important, but we're, we're trying to do it, you know, by enticing them back in. I think physical literacy, I, I really recommend everybody to look at this idea of what is a physical literacy informed approach. I, I recommend people to go to look at the work of Margaret Whitehead and Dr. Liz Durden-Myers because they're doing some fantastic, Dr. Liz Durden-Myers right now and PE Scholar, a website, are doing fantastic work of really making physical literacy much more easy to apply in in your context um, because I think people maybe are scared of it or not quite, you know, sure about it. 
But ideally, what it is, is you want to, to provide this positive experience, this nurturing environment, so that everybody can develop competence, develop confidence um, and motivation. We might have previously been doing the knowledge and understanding part, or we might have been focusing completely on that competence. But with physical literacy, to really nurture it, we've got to be looking at this motivation, this emotive element as well. And that, I think, is what you know is central to, to the concept curriculum it's it's complementing we believe what what you know should be delivered through PE uh, and physical literacy is certainly I, I believe it to be the unifying if if there's a lot of different you know what's the purpose of PE that debate what what should we be doing what what is our role what is our responsibility um, I personally I think physical literacy is that unifying concept that if if we were to adopt that we would have a, a, a much clearer kind of vision and, and direction, if you like. Yeah, this has been one of the debates that there is not even a clear idea of what is the aim right, of yeah. having PE in schools. Yeah, I'm curious, you mentioned meaningful PE, that this is something that has inspired you and then physical literacy on the other hand. Do you see that there are some synergies or, yeah? Absolutely, 100%. I think... I think meaningful PE is a physical literacy informed approach. If you're looking to, to incorporate fun, if you're looking to incorporate personal relevancy, if you're looking to incorporate challenge and develop competence, which is what, you know, the, the key strands of, of uh, the, the key principles, if you like, of meaningful PE that Tim Fletcher and Scott Kretschmer and etc. are talking about, then that, I think if you're doing that, then you're likely nurturing physical literacy. So there's a lot of crossover and that, I think that's probably some of the reasons as well that it really resonates with me. And I, I've got two young kids now, and I, I often think my, my thought is, is this the PE that I'd want them to have? Is this the experience I'd want them to have? And if I, before they were born, I remember thinking to myself, oh, I'd love to get them into football. I'd love to get them into uh, netball. I'd love, to get them. I'd love it if they were um, really physically active. Uh, uh, sorry, you know, had a real love for the sports that I love. And actually, my, my, my son and my daughter, I took my daughter to a tennis club and they spent, um, you know, this isn't through school, this is something separate. And they, it was an hour session. They spent the first 10 minutes learning the, and she's five, by the way, she spent the first 10 minutes looking at the techniques of a serve. She's five years old. And then um, the second part of the lesson was they had to line up behind a net and then they'd wait a couple of minutes for their turn. They'd run up, they'd receive an awful feed and they'd have to hit it back over. And of course, inevitably, most of the time they missed and then they'd go to the back of their line. And, and I, you know, my heart is very difficult for any PE teacher to go to, to some of these, but my heart sank and I thought, I've got to take her out of that because as much as I'd love her to love PE, uh, love tennis, that's not going to nurture that love of tennis. And it was the same for my son. My son's younger. He's, he's not far off three. And I took him to football because I love football and I'd love, I'd love to have that shared experience with him. I want to take him to this first football game, you know, it's, um, and the same for my daughter. I took her to a football game and um, unfortunately we spent more time having to watch Spot the Pigeon than the football because she wasn't interested. But I want them to have some shared common interests. And then with the football, the minute they got the footballs out, he's two and a half, they had a skill of the week. And they spent 15 minutes on this skill. He's got an attention span of about 30 seconds. And the minute a football came out, he started crying. He didn't, he didn't want anything to do with it. 
we, we can't be living our lives like that with PE and sport. We've got to be, what, what is going to get them in, involved? They want to be spacemen and women. They want to be running after dinosaurs and, um, you know, Disney characters and, and in the jungle, etc. And I think with the younger kids, it's easier to provide that hook. And the two examples I've given you, they didn't do it at all. I pulled them both out of it. But if you, I remember when I was doing some some tennis bits with my daughter, just some simple balance of ball on the on the racket. She wasn't interested. The minute I said that that's a dinosaur egg, she her her you know engagement levels completely changed. And um, it's easier to do that with the younger years. We can provide a storyline. We can provide a an immersive element. But then we we just forget to do that the older they get well what is their inclusive hook what's going to get them involved they're not just going to turn up to our lesson and think oh i like this because i I like the sport or i i see the relevancy of that particular skill in my life because most of the time they don't so we need to be providing what is the hook that's going to entice them in what's going to keep them engaged what's going to keep them focused what ultimately is going to build that positive relationship and and if we genuinely nurture physical literacy and we add those elements of of meaningful PE and fun, for example, I think was a key one that I was talking about there, maybe inadvertently. But that that's going to absolutely build that connection. If it's not fun, fun and that's a completely different debate, and I'm not even going to get into it about what what is fun and what's not fun. But you know what I mean? It does build that meaning, and if you've got the personal relevancy, and you are challenged, you do develop, and you see your competence and confidence improving. That's I think that's just a, a really good offer and I really recommend people that are listening to this to go and research a little bit more about physical literacy and, and you know, reach out to, to websites like Peace Scholar to find out more about it or read about Meaningful P. Listen to your backlog of, of podcasts that cover it so beautifully because it, I do think it's a real eye-opener and it's a game-changer and I think I said it in the first podcast, there's no going back from awareness. If you know it's not working, if you know PE isn't working for a number of your students, stop doing the same thing. If PE isn't valued in your school, if senior leaders are reducing time of PE in your school, if students aren't engaged or progressing or they don't see the value in it, or if if, if your own personal why, if your philosophy, your vision isn't being met by your current practice, and stop doing it. So what if, what if failing wouldn't, what if you didn't fail? What if you had the opportunity to have a bigger impact? What if you had the opportunity to entice some of these kids in and build a better relationship? Because what we're doing now with that skill drill, and you know, I'm, I'm continuing to beat the drum that people like David Kirk have been beating for years. So I'm not, this isn't new, this isn't a new message that I'm delivering, but if it's not working, in your context or nationally or around the world, then stop Then look, seek change, challenge your thinking. Doesn't have to be my approach that you adopt. There's many others out there, but look at meaningful PE, look at physical literacy and, and, and find where you align with it and what it looks like in your context and how you can entice students to, to value physical education and, and, and physical activity more. Where, where do they find value? What is relevant to them? Dig deep into it. It's, it's, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm sorry, it, it might not be particularly happy reflections all of the time, but ultimately, if, if once you are aware that it isn't working through student voice or through research, whatever it is, then stop doing the same thing. Because ultimately, you, you know, 
you're doing more harm than, than good. And these kids aren't going to be physically active. And every every person in the world deserves physical activity. What a gift, you know, to, to everything that it gives back to you, not just the health benefits, but the friends you make or, or the, the, you know, the, the social elements that you can get part in or, or just the, the pure enjoyment. I, everybody deserves that. And we've got to do better at giving it to them. Mm. It was a nice example about this dinosaur egg and this how you build these little stories around physical activity and and sports as well. So this is one yeah. of the aspects I've also been working on, how we develop stories around our movement activities and how this is a big part of how they how these activities become meaningful for us. Yeah. Oh, we've explored so many different strands. And uh, your personal, can we call it awakening? This isn't working. And this has clearly been then this trigger for you to search for alternatives. What are your thoughts in terms of professional development in physical education? I guess you had to go through almost like a crisis yourself to really look for these new ways of learning and and new connections and, and challenges to your thinking and find new ways of thinking. How can we improve? How can we develop better support for uh, developing professional philosophy in PE teachers so that you don't need to run into this brick wall and then start thinking what what to do differently? Yeah. 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 I think to begin with in initial teacher training, which actually, I'll be honest, so many that I'm seeing now are doing a fantastic job. Um, I'm fortunate enough to be able to speak at a number of universities and, and a lot of them will um, it used to be back, back in my day, um, it used to be kind of right today, we're going to do basketball today, we're going to do football today, we're going to do these kind of, you know, gymnastics. And, and it was very sport driven. There is a place for that, by the way, we need subject knowledge, we need to develop competency, we need to know what these skills, etc, look like, and how we can improve them. But what universities are doing a better job of now that I can see in my experience is exposing their trainees to different approaches to how to design a curriculum, how to write a curriculum, how to assess a curriculum, how to sequence a curriculum, how to, you know, delve into what students want. And that's really important at that level because there are future leaders. Um, and, and, you know, I, I encourage every department to try and get a trainee in with them because they just bring so much positivity and new learning with them that you can absolutely try and tap into, which is great. Um, you're, I think you're right in the fact that there's very little subject-specific CPD that are led by the schools. It is very much on the teachers, I think, probably across a number of subjects. Um, but one thing that I don't, you know, I know you're a part of it as well, but Twitter is fantastic CPD. And you've got so many colliding perspectives. You've got so many different opinions and people that you can reach out to. And that's been really useful to me. Um, and it is... There is this, I believe, there is a gap still, even though some fantastic people are doing a lot of work to bridge that gap. Um, people like Peace Scholar, Ash Casey, for example, um, Sporticus does fantastic blogs around kind of bridging that gap between research and practice. And and your podcast, and there's a number of other podcasts like that, that are doing the same, that are uh, trying to bridge that gap and showing what it looks like in practice is there is still a gap i think of of one accessing it accessing that that research and the information finding it 
Um, but also when you found it, if you're anything like me, actually understanding it is, is, <laughs> is, uh, is really difficult as well. And then the final part, which I think, even if you've got to this stage, is then knowing what does that look like in my school? And that's what the book is trying to do. That's what often so many on Twitter are trying to do. And some great academics and real critical thinkers are trying to do. Uh, people like the, you know those that I've just mentioned and, uh, and many others are trying to, to bridge that gap to see, well, what does this look like in practice? And that's really important. So it's not just, um, you know, I, I've read this new bit of research, but it's to take it to your... Um, take it to your department, unpick it. What what could this look like for us? How can we use this? Use your meeting times effectively. Use your department time to, to bring in some new learning and put it put the responsibility on your team as well to either go out and find it or give them some research that they can read and present and then unpick, etc. So I do think we have to be, well, I don't know whether we have to be, um, or, or sorry, I don't know whether we should always be you know i'm sure there needs to be some responsibility elsewhere but ultimately what we're seeing is pe teachers leads of pe are having to be responsible for going out challenging their own thinking and um considering that and i think it's it's so important because i say you know i've mentioned a couple of times there's no going back from awareness but if you do, if you're not aware then you will just continue to do the same stuff and and I'm working on something separate. So the concept curriculum is obviously is out there and is, is, you know, thankfully having a fantastic, based on the feedback, a fantastic impact. But we're also developing other areas of our curriculum. I've talked about the personality pathway previously. And I, I just thought I got to a really good place with it where I thought it was what he should be. And then I read some fantastic work from Justin O'Connor, Dr. Justin O'Connor from from Australia that completely challenged everything I'd just done. So as much as I was cursing him because, you know, oh, I, was, I thought I was nearly done, I then had this new research about informal sport and about how are we representing, you know, it through our curriculums, are we really representing the physical activity that they're going to go on and do in the community and after school? And then I realised that based on his new kind of, of um, I can't remember what he called categories, for what sports are instead of net on wall and invasion games, etc., we should move away to to other to others that he's defined that better represent more informal sport that it, um, is taken up. And and I realised that actually what I thought was a real breadth of an offer in his new categories wasn't. And you know, so I, I I'm now back to kind of using that research to to make it more informed and, and better, but. That's what I mean. It's never finished. You're always going to challenge your learning. And we just have to take a bit of responsibility, you know, and, and go out there and challenge our thinking and never stop reflecting. Never, ever. Just because you've become a head of PE or a, a leader, I, I, I care greatly that we are just custodians. We're mere custodians of physical education. And I talk a lot about, I kind of, I talk about it in the book. I'm a true believer in, so New Zealand All Blacks talk about leaving the shirt in a better place. I care greatly about that. I care greatly about when my time with PE is over and I hand it over to, to the next generation of leaders or whatever, that I leave PE in a better place than I found it. And I really care. I care greatly about that. And I think we should all strive to, if we left now, 
what would our legacy be if we had to retire today or if we if we stepped away and there were two past students or past staff members and they were you know delivering your retirement speech what would you want them to say and then try and try and deliver that and, and leave leave a, a positive impact on the world of PE and there are loads of outstanding practitioners teachers as well as academics etc that are just unifying and driving this kind of shift away from sport-driven models. And I'm, I've, you know, I've taken the approach of conceptual learning, but there are many others. There are genuine, and I'm not precious if, if you, you want to explore and, um, and apply some of those. Crack on, as long as you are looking to deliver positive experiences and, and build a positive relationship and self-identity with physical education, I'm all for it. I'm absolutely all for it. But what, what is going to be your legacy? You know, and I challenge everybody to, to sit there and think, so if I left today, what, what would they say about me? What would my impact on PE be? And there is a shift. I'm seeing it more and more. It is slow. It is slightly fragmented. I'm still seeing resistance, not just for the concept curriculum, but for change away from the sport, from kind of skill drill delivery. But we are seeing this shift. We're seeing some really creative thinkers, some really um, strong uh, some intelligent people, way more intelligent than me, that are challenging the status quo and that are, are sharing their practice and that are, are um, looking to deliver meaningful change. And I t it's an exciting time to be in PE. It's a really exciting time to be in PE and I cannot wait to see where we go. And imagine, imagine in 30 years, 40 years, you know, where will PE be? And what will the current people in our care, what will they say about PE? And what will they then say to their kids? Will it be far more valued? Will they access more physical activity? Will there be less sedentary lifestyles? And, and I, I truly believe, I'm not saying that PE is the answer to everything and that we can cure all the world's ills. But I just think we, we've got this real opportunity to have an impact, a real impact yeah, I think it's wonderful to finish with this positive note and I fully agree with you. It's very exciting times seeing the new research, but especially all these blogs and these conversations that are happening, all the dialogues, active community discussing discussing these ideas. So I also look forward to seeing what what the future brings. So thank you so much, Lee. I, I enjoyed the conversation. I will certainly link resources so people can go and take a look at the concept curriculum and the book is P in crisis as well and so once more thanks so much for the conversation today it's been a pleasure thank you thanks for joining us this week on physical activity research through podcast if you like the show make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing or following the show on twitter this podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. If you found value in the show, we would really appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts or whichever app you're using. Or if you would, in a real old school way, simply tell a friend about the show. It would be a great help for us. We have a fantastic lineup of guests for forthcoming episodes. So be sure to tune in. Thank you all for your support and have a great day.